Heavenly Father, you are the author of all of creation. You are the one that set the stars in place and brought us to life. Lord, we thank you for the way that you provide everything that we need from day to day. Lord, our world is filled with so much pain and chaos and difficulty. So we thank you for sending your son, the Prince of Peace, to bring justice and wholeness and harmony to our chaotic world. Let your peace fill our hearts and spill over into the lives of the people around us, that we might point people to the return of our Lord, who will come to set all things right. We ask it in his name. Amen. Well, last week, Pastor Andrew began our Advent sermon series uh, as we look at all four of the different themes of Advent, uh, hope, peace, love, and joy. Uh, today, we are looking at the theme of peace in the midst of chaos. 2020 has been a chaotic year. Uh, we're now in the third wave of this pandemic. Just here in the United States, over 14 million people have gotten sick from it, and over 270,000 have died. It's, it's, we, we've had this enormous strain on our hospitals, and it's caused disruption and uncertainty in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our homes. Uh, there's been shortages from panic buying. Remember when you know, this fall first started and you couldn't find a roll of toilet paper in the stores for months? <laughs> People have lost jobs. People have gotten so closed in in their homes that they've suffered from isolation and depression. And it's caused a rise in addiction and abuse. On top of that, we had a racial conflict that flared up, and it highlighted the injustice and the racism that is still woven into our society 60 years after the Civil Rights Movement began. Then, leading up to November, we had one of the most rancorous election seasons ever. It seems we continue to be more and more divided as a nation. Our voices get more and more shrill and harsh and hate-filled uh, against anybody who disagrees with us. On top of all of that, we've had a record year for forest fires and hurricanes. And now we've learned a new word, derecho. <laughs> we had crops flattened, forests tumbled to the ground. We've had famines and water shortages and conflicts all around the world this year. Uh, so uh, I thought it appropriate when I saw this Facebook meme that said, if uh, 2020 threw confetti, it would look like this. <laughs> you got to wonder, is the end of the world coming? Uh, that's not a new question. 
You know, uh, you remember back in 2000 when everybody, leading up to the year 2000, everybody was concerned about, oh no, is every, are all of our computers going to crash because of the Y2K bug? You know, uh, but that didn't happen, thankfully. 500 years before that, when the year 1500 was rolling around in Martin Luther's day, People flooded into the cathedrals and were worried that this was going to be the end of the world. But it passed <laughs> and nothing happened. 500 years before that, in the year 1000, people were certain that this was the end of the world. After, you know, A thousand years after Jesus' life, the world was going to end when the clock struck on midnight. And so they huddled in their cathedrals and in their homes and prayed and... The, the new year started. <laughs> well, in our story from Mark that we heard today, that Andrew read for us, Jesus was with his disciples in Jerusalem, and they were admiring the temple and how, you know, the beautiful buildings. And Jesus lamented over Jerusalem, and he said, you see all these buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. Every one will be thrown down. And that happened about 40 years later in 70 AD. Uh, the Jewish people had risen up in a revolt and Rome swept in to put down the revolt and leveled the temple and destroyed the city. But as Jesus was describing these things, he went on to talk about an even greater time of conflict and chaos and suffering that would come upon the world. And his disciples were wondering and said, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they're all about to be fulfilled? But Jesus didn't say, oh, this is the date. He said, watch out that no one deceives you. There will be wars, there will be famines, there will be earthquakes. All of these things are just the beginning of birth pangs. The end is still to come. In those days, he said, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. In the midst of chaotic times, like we've been going through this past year, we cry out with the writer of Psalm 80, Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Yet God is not far away from us when everything falls into chaos. If anything, God is nearer to us when we are stressed. Remember at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1, as God is creating the world, the Holy Spirit hovers over chaotic waters and darkness and begins to bring something new. God speaks, and his word creates light and life. Everything that God speaks into existence happens. Seas, dry land, animals, birds, people. In the Gospel of John, at the beginning of John, 
John talks about God's word being there from the very beginning. He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning and through him all things were made. John is pointing to, the begin- to Christ at the beginning of creation. That he is God's word that spoke everything into existence. And then John says, the word became flesh and lived among us. That's the Christmas story. That's what this season of Advent points to, is Jesus arriving in the world humbly and the day when he will return in glory. Jesus, God's word, is the one through whom all things were made. And John goes on to say, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We need Jesus' light in our darkness. We need his peace in the chaos of our world. On the night that he was going to be betrayed and go to his death, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Through his suffering and death and resurrection, Jesus brings peace. Now, usually when we think about peace, we think about the absence of fighting. We said, oh, if there could just be peace in our house, kids would stop fighting with each other. If only there could be peace in our streets and people would stop blaming and pointing and, and you know, using all these hate-filled words at each other. If only there could be peace among the nations and nations would lay down their weapons and stop fighting over land. A couple of weeks ago, we had a Bible study um, on the word peace. Uh, And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. But it's a much wider and deeper word for peace than what we normally think of. Shalom is not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of connection and completion. It's where everything is in alignment and nothing is missing. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about this. He says, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah hundreds of years before, spoke about the revealing of the Prince of Peace, the Messiah who would come to heal all that is broken and restore our relationships to God and to each other. In Colossians, Paul says, God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, 
by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus calls us to participate in his peace, to participate in his life with God, to be part of his mission to reconcile all things. Jesus sends you and me to be peacemakers, to be shalom bringers to a world that needs it so desperately. I love those images of peace, of snow gently falling, of a beautiful landscape stretching out before us, of candlelight and joining together in worship, of just the, the simple peace that comes from being able to take a deep, full, cleansing breath. We need that kind of peace in our lives. But the peace that we're longing for is not just a peaceful, easy feeling. We're wanting restoration, the kind of deep peace that Christ comes to bring. Even when peace seems elusive and hidden on this earth and we're filled with fear and conflict in a chaotic world, God's Spirit is hovering over us. He speaks whispers of hope. He brings calm out of chaos. He creates life out of death. In Romans 8, Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We wait like women groaning in labor pains for their children to be born. We wait like watchmen who wait for the morning, desperately hoping that deliverance will come with the dawn. On Friday, I posted a, a link to a, a, a song by Andrew Peterson that captures this sense of waiting in dark and chaotic times. The song is called The Dark Before the Dawn, and it's from his album, The Burning Edge of Dawn. I want to read you just a few of the lyrics. He says, I've been waiting for the sun to come blazing up out of the night like a bullet from a gun, till every shadow is scattered, every dragon's on the run. I believe that the light is going to come, and this dark, this is the dark before the dawn. I've been waiting for some peace to come raining down out of the heavens on these war-torn fields. All creation is long, aching for the sons of God to be revealed. I believe that the victory is sealed. The serpent struck, but it was crushed beneath his heel. I know the wind can bring the lightning. I know the lightning brings the rain. I know the storm can be so frightening, but that same wind 
is going to blow that storm away. Lord, I'm waiting for a change. I'm waiting for the change. So I'm waiting for the king to come galloping out of the clouds while the angel armies sing. He's going to gather his people under the shadow of his wings, and I'm going to raise my voice with the song of the redeemed. Because all this darkness is a small and passing thing. This is the storm before the calm. This is the pain before the balm. This is the cold before the warm. These are the tears before the song. This is the dark. Sometimes all I see is this darkness. Well, can't you feel the darkness? This is the dark before the dawn. There's more to the song. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. This Advent, we're all waiting for the change. We're waiting for the children of God to be revealed, for us to become fully who God intends us to be. We're waiting for the king to come galloping out of the clouds while the angel armies sing as he gathers his people in the shadow of his wings. All this darkness and chaos is a small and passing thing. This is the storm before the calm, the dark before the dawn, the chaos before the peace. May the shalom of Christ be with you and flow through you. Amen.